Has a lane, 15-10, touchdown, Chargers! What's up, guys? Welcome into a Week 13 edition of Chargers Weekly. As always, joined by Matt Money-Smith. It's Raiders week in money. I was just telling you last night, I, I popped on Hard Knocks. Just, you know, the Chargers were a part of episode four. So I figured I'd uh, I'd dive in and check it out. And I heard nice. DJ and money sprinkled throughout uh, the, the montage of the Chargers Cardinals games. Nice. Very cool to hear your voice. And uh, hey, man, two point conversion may have saved the season. Well, look, that's a must win game. I think this week's a must win game as well. I mean, you know, and that's projecting that. You know, they're not going to win out. I mean, look, can they beat the Dolphins? Sure. Titans? Sure. It's just going to be a heck of a lot harder, you know, based on what we've seen through, you know, 10 ga- or 11 games, actually, since the uh, Cardinals are on their bye this week. So 11 games from each of these teams. They, they look to have their issues, their flaws. It's why they have the record they do, are ranked where they are. And the Chargers got to win these games. You know, Titans are going to be tough with the way they run the ball and the way the Chargers run defense has been operating. Uh, the Dolphins... Look to have, you know, arguably the most unstoppable offense in the league right now with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. So you want to take advantage of the advantages. And that was a Cardinals team that, and I think you saw it after that loss, you know, that's just in disarray. There's some serious issues there, you know, with their quarterback, uh, with coaches being let go, with attrition. Uh, that offensive line was, you know, a mess and they weren't able to take advantage of it until the fourth quarter. And thankfully they were able to take advantage of it there. And and get out with a victory. And, and I, you know, I think a lot of people that, that, you know, do what we do and watch football week in and week out, you knew they were going for two. There was no way they were going to send that yeah. defense back out there. Yeah, they had three straight three and outs, but you don't want to send them back out there, not when you have an opportunity to win the game from the two-yard line. It's just that that presents a much better option to emerge victorious, I think, than trusting a coin flip, maybe losing it, and asking your defense – to stop a team that had really kind of had their way with you for three quarters. I said it on Monday, it truly is a, a fork in the road moment for this team. I, I think that game and that way they won really energized the players and the locker room. And hopefully that's something you can build on. And you know, if you don't get it, then we're talking about a team that's five and six that has to literally maybe win out to, to get to the playoffs. Yeah. And, you have a, a, a team that, man, the, the run defense is, is the one thing I think we'd be talking about uh, today if they didn't win that game as the lead, right? Like five straight games, 157 yards on the ground or more, 181 allowed to the Cardinals. Um, like you said, defense buckled down um, the last half of the fourth quarter. But the way it started, and these slow starts kind of started to creep up again, um, that's something that can't happen, especially with uh, Josh Jacobs, uh, a running game that's starting to get figured out here in Miami with, with Wilson and Mostert, and then Derrick Henry, and then Jonathan Taylor on deck. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a tough stretch of, of running backs, Money. Yeah, I'll start with, you know, the, you know, the point you made about, you know, momentum. And I, I do think there is validity to, validity to that, that, you know, they tell you it's week to week league. And I believe that, you know, just with the amount of injuries and who's available and who's not. And same thing goes for the other side. Who was your opponent the previous week? Did you get your head kicked in? Did you win easy? Is it a short week? Are you on the road? You know, so many factors that go in week to week that say momentum does not carry over. But I think you hit it on the head. You know, there was something about that play. And, and because we do travel with the team, we can see it, Chris. And you could just kind of see 
there was a bounce, you know, and, and there yeah. was not, not all wins look the same and not all losses feel the same when you get on the plane to fly home or when you're in the locker room, you can just, that one felt different. It, it felt like, you know, they, they were staring, you know, they were, they, they were staring over the edge into the abyss and it looked like they were going to get shoved into it in that fourth quarter when they had to punt. Um, and then they, you know, were able to, to just kind of hang on and, and get that victory on a, on a ballsy call. And, and I think that does, I think that does help, you know, it's, Hey, Keenan's back, Herbert's healthy. We believe in these guys. And you heard a lot of that after the game of, you know, we just, we knew, you know, we, we just, you see number 10 and you're like, yeah, we're fine. We got this, you know? And I think that's that being able to, to say that and get the win um, I think, especially because they got it when the defense pitched in, you know, you think about the chiefs yeah. game and it's like, you know, Herbert drives you down and gets you the game, which should have been the game winning score. You just got to get a hold from the defense, you know, over 75 yards and they couldn't do it. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, that that's not easy for a team to reconcile. So I think the fact that you had both sides pitch in when you needed it to, Hey, we need a three and out. We got to get this ball back in order to win this game defense pitches that three and out special teams gets the huge return from deandre carter well first of all jk scott pins the team inside the 10 then you get the three and out then you get deandre carter's return for 20 yards that sets you up at the 38 with the penalty and then the offense cashes in like that's that's momentum that that's something that can carry over like every single facet of this team pitched in to get that win when the backs were against the wall many cliches can I use in one answer um, <laughs> so right I think though. for the run defense if you want I know you asked for a lot of questions I don't know how it seemed like you know as I looked at the replies Chris it seemed like probably 50 percent of them were about the run defense I don't know if you plucked any specifically but uh, you know as we kind of talk about what went wrong in those first three and a half quarters I don't know if there's a couple that you want to sprinkle in there. Give yeah. some shout-outs to people that are nice enough to to, to shoot us some ammo we may, for, we may uh, as, for the we, pod. Yeah, we may as well. And, man, I wouldn't expect – we got like 30-some-odd questions, yeah. um, which is awesome. And I appreciate you guys always chipping in with this stuff. And I think this will be a nice vehicle into the Raiders game, a lot of Raiders-related questions. Before we get into it, too, I just want to say, you know, I think Gerald Everett mentioned that, like – they were waiting for that moment where it was like a team win and we're all winning here together. And that fourth quarter I think was indicative of that. And I I much rather would have seen what you predicted or what you wanted to see, which was a blowout. Um, We knew right off the bat that wasn't going to happen after that first quarter. You knew, you knew it was going to be a different type of game, right? Yeah. Such a bad start. And you know, I, it was, God, I'm trying to think of the right word to use because I, there's, there's a word I want that that I don't want to use because I don't, mean it that way but um it just they 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 came out flat you know and and they came out and they weren't they were missed assignments and they were just getting shoved around uh in that first quarter you know when you watch and and I'm not saying it's you know interior and oh you're dealing with Gaziano and Fajoko instead of Johnson and uh Bosa but like it, it was everyone Khalil Mack had a rough start to that game and he's usually as good a run defender as there are just kept crashing and they kept sealing and and now you've got the edge and that's where Tranquil and Derwin are supposed to fit and they're crashing and it was just like man what is going on um you know on one play I saw Derwin kind of running toward the back and and there's little Hollywood Brown that ends up standing him up and I'm like how does that happen you know it's just kind of weird things like that that kept happening I do think 
Like one one issue that I do, I've got to believe comes out of watching the film that that's just got to be corrected. You know, Kenneth is such a heat-seeking missile. Like he's just got to take a beat and diagnose. And and I don't know if he's just guessing, if he's got an assignment that he's executing or what he's doing, but repeatedly I am just watching him run as fast as he can into the line to to perhaps fill a gap and the gap to his right or his left is the one that's open and, and you've got Connor running through there for 10, 12 yards. So that needs to be corrected. Um, Kyle Van Noy had a really rough first half. It just seemed like they, they were picking on him. Yep. But man, he made as big a play in this game as anyone uh, in that fourth quarter. He was able to shoot from the edge and he tripped up Connor. Uh, I think it was on that last three and out, tripped him up um, on that first down, put him behind the sticks right away. And um, it was just a monster play. So it's there. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you know, you know, these guys can do it. They're capable of doing it. And I think that's why when Brandon Staley, when Coach Staley was talking about it in the presser, you know, I think he addressed that. He's like, and I think it comes across poorly when you're the coach saying, hey, the calls are there. I just need the guys to execute. You never, and I think he was very careful not to position it that way and present it as, well, I'm doing my job coaching. The guys aren't doing it. It's not what it was. It's, we know it's there because it, 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 you know, they executed at times and they executed at three offensive possessions in a row. But man, it just seems like it's a where where are you supposed to be? And if you are where you're supposed to be, can you make the play? And too often we just saw broken tackles, um, guys not being where they were supposed to be, and huge runs. And you know, Connor, you know. Connor, who has not run for 70 yards in a game, you know, rushes for nearly double that, 130, uh, who was averaging 370 carry. Yeah. yeah, he had it at the half. He had 69 at the half, um, his highest total of the season. And James Connor ends up rushing for seven. You know, he's at nine yards per carry through the first quarter, seven yards per carry at the half. And then ultimately, you see it trickle down into the fours because they were able to figure it out. So uh, Jay Paul Paz says, Hey, Chris, enjoy listening to you and Money Talk Chargers. Wanted to know if you saw Daniel Popper's write-up that included the run defense philosophy from Coach Staley. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, essentially, it was, hey, we a lot more I resources to the back end, right? And, yeah, I, I, there, there's, a, there's a sliver of truth to that, but I, I know Coach Staley doesn't want to give up 5.5 per carry on design runs. That's not, that's not the game plan. No, I, I think – you know, you, you, you can make numbers figure, right, is the old saying. And so I think it's convenient to do that, to show, okay, well, the 24th-ranked Rush D, I think, is what Popper wrote. And it's a great article. You should check it out. And if you don't subscribe to The Athletic, you should. I really like what they do over there. Yeah. Um, everybody in the football department, Nate Tice and Robert Mays and, and Popper for the Chargers, they do a really, really good job at The, at the Athletic. So free plug for them. Um, I pay for it. They don't give it to me for free. So I would – do they give it to you for free, Chris? No, I pay for it. All right, good. Yeah, I'll make sure you're not getting a freebie and I'm not there. Listen, I'm I get that. I get that. I, although, you know what? I, I I think I should refinance because uh, there's there's always good deals. Over yeah, there's there, always you know? a deal. It's like, what about existing customers? That's I always wonder. Point. I always wonder. Like, hey, you know what? You're you're giving this uh this Black Friday deal out, exactly. and uh, you know, pay me? a little bit more. How about the guy that's been doing it for three years? But yeah, so Popper printed out that Staley made the point, and he and he showed the 24th ranked Rush D gives up 1,530 yards. The 24th ranked pasty gives up like 2,400 yards. So it's like the point that's being made is we're giving up a thousand less yards by committing to stopping the pass than the run. Well, that's great, except for, you know, when you're a poor run defense, your offense doesn't get as many opportunities. When you're a poor run defense, 
your defense gets beat up because they're running right at you. And those offensive linemen, and they're getting to the second level, and they're busting you up, and you're getting worn down by the end of the game. And the other problem is when that run defense is going, well, now play action is causing your guys to, to stop a beat because the run has been so effective, and now they're committing their mental resources to stopping it. So I get what Coach is saying. I just don't necessarily think I agree with it. Um, and I guess the best way I would put it is looking for a correlation. And I, and I dug in, and I saw that question, and I knew you were going to end up getting to it. So I dug around, and I was like, all right, is there, is there a correlation between good run defenses, scoring defenses, and the playoffs? And the answer is yes. Ten of the top 14 rush defenses are in the playoffs. Ten of 14. And I did 14 because of 14 spots. And I know it may not be equitable with AFC versus NFC, but whatever. I'm not going to go that far down the rabbit hole. I'm just saying of the top 14 teams, if 14 teams make the playoffs, 10 of the top rush defenses are in. Seven of the top pass defenses are in. So it's a pretty big swing. That's 30% more if you're stopping the run in the postseason than by being one of the top pass defenses. And on top of all that, 11 of the top 14 scoring defenses are in the top run defenses. So it shows that if you stop the run, you stop points, and you're in the postseason. You flip it over to offense, because I, I assume people were wondering, well, what if you just score a bunch of points? No, it's, it's all defense. Seven of the top 14 rush offenses, seven of the 14 pass offenses are in the playoffs. It's a 50-50 proposition. And uh, eight of the 14 scoring offenses are in the playoffs, as opposed to 11 of the 14 defenses. You got to stop. You, you have to stop teams, especially in the postseason when possessions. And that's, that's my other issue with it, too, with, with that taking that position, is in the playoffs, possessions are at an even greater premium. You need more possessions in the playoffs because you're playing better teams, and there's a chance that they're going to score on you because they're, they're, they're good. They're good at scoring. They've proven it over 17 games. That's why they're in the postseason. So position, possessions are at a premium. Play. And that means you've got to be able to stop the run and get some time of possession on your on your side and and you know use that to your to your advantage. Exactly. When you have number ten, you don't want him on the sideline, you know. And, and I, that's the thing. Like if if you keep getting five and six and nine and nine, your defense is getting worn out by the fourth quarter, and Justin Herbert's not going to be on the field. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You know, hey, and G I think that's you look at. Let me just kind of. I want to get to it real quick. Sorry, Chris, because here's here's my point. Like. Yeah, they won that game, but they, you know, when you give up, uh, what do we got here? 19 first downs, you know, that's, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a problem because that's moving the sticks and maintaining possessions. And like you said, keeping your team off of the field. And look, the only reason the time of possession is, is relatively equal in that game is because of those last three drives because they finally stopped the run on those last three drives, and they dominated fourth-quarter possession. So that's why. Otherwise, it would have been probably a three-, four-minute, five-minute advantage to the Cardinals. And again, I think it's good to start with the run defense. Listen, they won the game, right? They're six and yeah. five. But 100%. these are the things that need to be cleaned up if you're going to get to the playoffs. Gene Scott. And they cleaned it up on the last three drives. That's the thing, Chris. Like, yeah. That's my point. Is yeah. They don't clean it up, and they don't win that game. They finally, you had a huge play. Derwin on one. Mikey on one, Kyle Van Noy on one, where they were able to stop that first run on first down. And that was the difference in that game. And can that carry over Sunday against Whew. Josh Jacobs? 
question from Gene Scott. Do you feel the bend but don't break causes the Chargers to cautiously play not to lose rather than aggressively play to win? We rarely get blowout wins and commonly let teams back into games when we have good leads. It's a very good question, Gene. Yeah, it is. Um, and that's kind points. of been the theme of this year because last it year it was different. It was different last year. Yeah, it is. I mean, look, they're, you, you, know where they're, you know where they're ranked. Um, here I am at points per game. They're mid-pack. They allow 23 per game. You know, rushing, we know they're 30th. Uh, passing, they're one of the better teams against the pass, but that's because teams just run on them. You know, that, like, that's the whole thing. Yes, you've got a good pass defense. Well, yeah, well, teams just running on you. You know, they, they, if they can run, why put the ball in peril? You know, they, you don't need to put it up in the air. If, if you're able to keep it safe and on the ground and, and rip off six yards per, per touch, you're much better doing that because there's less like, it is less likely that you'll have a turnover. When you put the ball in the air, you invite the potential for turnovers at a much higher rate than if you put it in the belly of your back. And he's carrying for six yards per carry. So, um, I, look, I do think Ben don't break can work. Because you've got to play to your personnel. And I think that that coach has just been unwilling to commit to blitzing like at the rate the Cardinals were or, or have all season long with Vance Joseph. He's, you know, the most blitz-happy guy out there. Or Todd Bowles is very blitz-happy. Um, I think he just prefers to, to trust his guys. You know, hey, mind your assignments. I'm asking you to do your job and – you know, we can hold these guys to threes while we get our sevens. And they've been very good at that. They're one of the best, run, you know, red zone defenses in the league. And as long as that continues, then it, it's effective. Remember, like the whole bend don't break and the, the, the failures of this team to put teams away when they build leads like they did against the Raiders in week one or the Chiefs early on in that, that second game in week two or against the Texans. You know, that's as much on the offense as it is the defense, remember. You know, you've got an offense that's coming out in third quarters and doing nothing. And so I think it's important to remember it's not just defense, but but we've also had the same questions for the offense. Hey, why can the offense not put teams away? You know, yeah, you're up two touchdowns, but now you come out in the third quarter, three and out, they score, three and out, they get a field goal, and now that's a 10-point swing inside of the first eight minutes of the second half, and now we got ourselves a game. So that goes both ways. Um, I guess to answer the question, I do think Ben don't break uh, can work because again they've been really, really good in the red zone. It just makes it tough on a defense, and again you limit your offensive possessions, which means it's just not an ideal approach in in my opinion. We got so many questions. Let's do like yeah, a let's go one here. Um, this is from Chargers. No matter what, six and five. Uh, which of the Chargers' focus be in minimizing the Raiders' rushing attack? Should they focus on improving the defensive scheme or gaining an early lead and forcing the Raiders to throw? I guess that would be to Devontae Adams. And then uh, the other one, uh, T.E. Yogi. Uh, how can the run defense get to the low 20s or even league average, and why has it been so poor the last two years? Um, I don't know which one you want to hit first, buddy. I'll start I with this. Yeah. yeah, Chris. I mean, I guess I'll just quickly, and then you can, you can jump in here. I, uh, just a quick note. Um, the last two years thing, I think, is the, the part of the question that I find most interesting. It's like, hey, you know, two years ago, coach didn't have the, the, the bodies or the style of player that he wanted to execute his scheme. So he was trying to jam square pegs and round holes, and it wasn't working. Well, this year they spent a ton of money to go out and get the guys that were supposed to be the round pegs and the round holes, and it's still not working. 
Now, attrition is a big part of that. Joey Bosa's loss is a big part of that. Huge. So, you know, not having J.C. Jackson, I know he struggled at first, but I think the idea was, hey, we're just going to man this guy up on the best receiver, and then we're going to be able to cut our guys loose and be more effective against the run and things like that. So, yeah, unfortunately, that didn't work. So I do think that's a good, you know, that's a good way to phrase it. Last two years, not just this year, because last year you could say, oh, personnel this year, don't know. But it's uh, it's been equally as bad, if not worse. Yeah, and then as far as minimizing the Raiders' rushing attack, what do you do? Because, you know, Josh Jacobs said, again, uh, Daniel Jeremiah did a great film room on him, how just he's a load in the run game. He's also a pain in the passing game, too. Um, what do you do? Because I don't think the scheme really changes at this point. Um, no, you know, maybe no. maybe Gaziano and Fajoko have a, a, a couple extra games to get even more comfortable. I, I don't know what the, the right answer is in terms of slowing Josh Jacobs and then – you know, you also have to deal with Derek Carr and Devontae Adams on the outside. So I, I think, you know, scheme-wise, it's not – scheme isn't – well, I guess scheme could be the, the way to phrase it. But it's just committing resources to stopping the run, right? Are you comfortable committing eight men in the box and then saying, all right, Derek Carr is going to have to beat us? And, and you know what? Yeah, I would do that. I would do that. I would, I would commit the resources to stop Josh Jacobs and – I know it's not ideal, and look, it's a reason why you know we talked about the AFC West being the best division that we'd seen in a while because we knew look if you commit resources to stop Josh Jacobs, you got Devontae Adams out there, and he might be the best receiver in the league. So you're gonna have to contend with that and Darren Waller, and thankfully for the Chargers, Waller's not out there. But like that's yes, that's that's the riddle that that's the that's the riddle that the coaches have to answer. How do we do it? What's the best approach? And if it were me, yes. Scheme-wise, if that's how you want to, personnel-wise, I would commit the resources to the box. And I would do everything I could to stop Josh Jacobs. And Because I feel like Derek Carr is going to put that ball. Look, he threw two bad picks in the game against Seattle. Josh Jacobs crushed him. 300-plus scrimmage yards, you know, 229 on the ground. I would just assume, see if Derek can keep doing it to Devontae. Um, unfortunately, you know, it's like this would be the J.C. Jackson game. You just stick him on Devontae Adams and say, you go where he goes. Don't worry about anything else. It is you and him. I don't care about what zone. You know, we're not going to play, uh, you know, zone concept or you got to worry about quarters or, or whatever. Cover three, just freaking stick on Devontae and we'll do everything else. And that's the way you would have approached this game. And then you commit your resources to stopping Jacobs. But um, if it were me, that's what I would do. As far as the offense, yeah, look. <laughs> If you can do it, of course, I'd love to see the offense go up big and then have them have to throw. But you know what? Seahawks scored a ton of points in that game, 34, and they kept running it. They kept running it. They did not stop. Josh Jacobs carried the hell out of that ball in that game. In overtime, in the fourth quarter when they were down and needed it, uh, carried it on a third and one, and a fourth and one didn't get it late in the game. Like, they are committed to running the ball now. Josh McDaniels has realized this is what I have to do to win football games. And how, about, how about the Raiders stopping the run and, and slowing Walker? I think he had 14 yeah. for 28, if I read yeah. that correctly. I mean, so they, 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 they got after it. And Jerry Tillery was out there. Figure that one out. <laughs> you know, one, I think one of got... the worst run defenders that we'd seen last year and through this year and the reason why he's not on the Chargers this year. And he was part of that defensive line that held Kenneth Walker to 1.9 yards per carry. 
Jerry Tillery reunion on Sunday. I think we got a question about Jerry too. Uh, uh, is there any hope for the Chargers run defense against Henry and Jacobs on the schedule? We kind of answered that. I, I think yeah. to your point, money about the fourth quarter, if, if they can kind of carry over what they did in the fourth quarter into that Vegas game, I think that'd be a nice sign. We yeah, by the way, to- you're, you're going straight to Derrick Henry. Don't, uh, don't sleep on Mike McDaniels and freaking Jeff Wilson. and They Raheem figured Moster. something out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that may be the more scary one, by the way, because you have to you cannot commit resources to it because of Tyreek Hill and Jay I believe LeBron. that to be the scariest one. I, yeah. I think that is the scariest. Hundred percent. You know. Uh, excuse me. We got we got some Joey Bosa questions and uh, not a doctor. Don't know. Don't know. Um, this was from TK. Uh, would be good to do a quick injury summary on who we expect to be back for the stretch run. Who is not Slater? Situation yeah. known. What about Guyton or Parham? Guyton's Guyton's out for the year. Uh, no guess on Joey at this point. Any chance we have them for the Dolphins or Titans? Love the pod. Listen all year. Thanks. This is from uh, Todd Kennedy. Appreciate it, yeah, Todd. Appreciate you. We just don't know. Like we, we don't know. We know Derwin. No Derwin idea. Did not practice on Wednesday. Um, Bryce Callahan right. did not practice on Wednesday. I think Derwin had a hip. Uh, Bryce Callahan had a groin. Mike Williams did not practice. Um, Corey Lindsley did not practice with the concussion. So those are all things to kind of monitor throughout the week. You know, there'll be another injury update today, and then obviously Friday will be the big one. And yeah. uh, we'll and have, if you uh, don't know, by the way, you know, you have access, listeners, to the injury report. If you just go to chargers.com, there's a little tab there that says injuries, and you get to see exactly what we see. When they send it to us, they post it, so you can follow along um, day by day. Because yeah. they're not going to give you a whole lot. They're just and, it's medical's always tricky. And, and Coach Staley usually gets that question at the top of his Wednesday presser, right. and, and usually addresses it, uh, I guess, to the best of his ability. So, yeah. money. Let's take a quick break. We got a ton of questions about the offense okay. and the Raiders. Take a quick break. We'll come back. All right, guys. I want to tell you about Ultimate Chargers, the free-to-play next-level fantasy football game. Open packs, collect players, pick your lineup, and crush the competition. Ultimate Chargers. Play now inside the LA Chargers app. Also want to tell you about Chargers Picks Now. The official LA Chargers Pick'em Contest is where you predict the game outcomes for a chance to win a Chargers jersey. Check out the free-to-play Chargers Picks tab in the LA Chargers app to play. And for every game this season, when the Chargers defense gets an interception, you can score a free chicken sandwich when you buy one at your local Popeyes. Visit chargers.com promotions to learn more. All right, Money, let's continue with these questions. Bolt of 15, this is fun. In your honest assessment, which players are named to the Pro Bowl and All-Pro team this year? You saw, you saw guys like Drew Tranquil and Derwin and Austin, I believe, kind of tweet some stuff out uh, Thursday morning. Um, Austin Eckler has not been to a Pro Bowl. He deserves He's to going. be to a Pro Bowl. He's going. He's going to go this year, I think. Yeah, so Eckler's, I, I think Austin. Going. Yeah, Eckler's going. I think Herbert would go. Uh, I think Derwin would go. And would you say, you know, Drew Tranquil's having a pretty good year. Drew should go. Is he, he on the fringe there? You think he should Drew, go? Drew should go with the interception, with the sacks, with the tackles. Um, he absolutely should go. Um, yeah, I would say I think that's that's about right. Derwin, uh, Derwin Tranquil from the defense. Uh, Herbert Eckler, Lindsley, although with him being out, he's probably going to be out for a couple here, would be my guess with the concussion. So that's going to be a tough one. So... Yeah, that sounds about right. I think you're looking at four. Herbert Eckler, Derwin Tranquil. And look, if Khalil can get to 11, 12 sacks, you know, if he can, if Joey comes back for maybe the final three, four games, if he can, um, then Khalil could maybe get to 
11, 12 sacks, and he could find himself out there as well. Somebody asked about Derwin's chances for, here we go, Blake. If we make the playoffs, is there a chance DJ will get some love for defensive player of the year? I think he'd have to go on quite the tear in December if, if he's going to get defensive player of the year. Um, it's, it seems like he plays so many positions, and it actually draws some attention away from how special he is. Two or three more sacks, two or three more interceptions, dot, dot, dot. Uh, let me see. I'm looking. So, yeah, let's see. If, he's got three turnovers in the last two games. If or, um, It's going to be tough. That would be, yeah. yeah. I, I would say it's going to be very tough. Just kind of looking at, you know, Chris Jones has 10 sacks, 11 tackles for loss, a couple forced fumbles, um, you know, and the Chiefs are the number one seed. I think you look at what Max Crosby is doing in Vegas. I know they don't have a winning record but he's probably the best pass rusher in the NFL right now. We're going to see him on Sunday, um, you know, with his 10 sacks, you know, his two forced fumbles. Like, that's um, – it's going to be very hard. Speaking of Max Crosby. Yes. Uh, this is from uh, DA. Max Crosby, period. How do we stop him from wrecking the game like he did in Week 18 of last season? This is a game, too, where one of the injuries I did not mention. Oh, by the way, I didn't even mention Micah Parsons. Yeah, no, he's not. (laughs) I forgot about Micah. He's actually like, yeah, that's not happening. It's not happening. Much as I'd love to see Uh, it. Yeah. Hey, I don't don't put it past Derwin to have an awesome December and put himself in the conversation. You know what? That's exactly uh, what would have to happen. As it stands right now, I would say the gap between he and, and Micah is quite substantial considering where the Cowboys are and what Parsons has done week in and week out. But, yes, he is your November Defensive Player of the Month. He wins the December Defensive Player of the Month, and yes, now he's in the conversation. So Max Crosby, we we saw it week eighteen last year. You mentioned the year he's having. How about Chandler Jones has half a sack this yeah, year? It's been a mess. They thought they were gonna half a sack upgrade the defensive backfield with Rocky Scene and you know be able just to plug Chandler Jones in there for Yannick Agakwe. Look, it it's a precipitous drop when it when it's gone, and you know Chandler's been doing it for a long, long time. And it just does not look like that juice is there this year that was there last year. So how do they stop Max money with this offensive line? If if Trey can't go, you have Foster Sorrell. And we saw Foster had a tough go, I think, against Nick Bosa oh, yeah. a few weeks ago. Um, then you get you get Max Crosby. Um, and then, you know, we, we didn't really mention the fact that if Corey Lindsley doesn't play, what a blow that is. You, you saw what the – Cardinals defensive line was able to do when and getting after in, yeah. Justin and sacking him quite a bit. Yeah, look, nine sacks in the last two games. That's a, that's a rough that's deal, a lot man. Of sacks. Or two, yeah, I think it was nine in the last three, or is it nine in the last two? Nine in the last two, I think, right? I think it was nine in the last yeah. two. So after 13 over the first nine, um, that's exactly what it was. 13 over the first nine, nine in the last two. Uh, it's going to be a tough deal. And we saw it last year with Storm Norton and Max Crosby. Just, I think it was it, it, every snap he was in the backfield. And it totally affected the way the Chargers were, you know, what they were trying to do offensively. I mean, the only thing you really can do is just run away from him. You know, wherever he is, you're booting the opposite direction. Um, and because, you know, I just think right now we, we kind of know what the tight ends look like. And, you know, unfortunately, the blocking just has not been there this year from that group. It's been a real struggle. Yep. Um, and I think... You know, in Foster Sorrell's defense, it's just a, it's a lot to ask, man. You know, and Jamari Sawyer as well. Like, you have got a sixth-round rookie that's at left tackle and an undrafted looking for a job four months ago 
free agent at right tackle. That is a rough deal. And that's why I think it's like I say, hey, just run away from him. Well, wherever he goes, he's going to have a decided advantage. You know, that's that's the problem. Um, and that's nothing. That's not a slide on Sawyer and Sorrell. That's just the reality of it. It's not going to be easy. The best way to overcome it is to run right at him. And, you know, and unfortunately, the Chargers run game offensively has not been good. So if you can try to get that going again, hey, there's our friend Jerry Tillery. If you can just run right at him and and establish a run game with Josh Kelly now that he's back with with Austin and with Isaiah Spiller, I think that's that's the best remedy. Is not you can't allow him to just pin his ears back and pass rush on every play. You've got to get him to have to think. Okay, I've now been burned, you know, for eight yards a carry because I keep coming up field. I've got to take a beat and slow down and set an edge. And I can't just go get the passer. So that's what you have to do. K-Man, that's the same thing. I think you gave a good answer there. Who, who will the Chargers counter with to face off against Crosby? I think running the football yeah. would be a Austin good idea. Um, yeah, there you go. But you know what? It's a nice segue into this question from our guy, Athir. Uh, this is a question for money. Uh, will the Chargers abandon the run versus the Raiders and let Herbert Cook, <laughs> like Peyton Manning, forget the run? Air it out. Can't do that. Uh, because if you abandon the run, what did we just say? Max Crosby's got an incredible advantage uh, on that defensive line against the offensive line. So if you abandon, he's just coming every single play. And we know his motor. I know what he's got a better motor in, in the league. He'll just keep coming and coming. We saw it last year. Um, what, but, but what I do think you can do to counter it is, you know, Keenan is just so good at getting open fast. You know, that's the one thing is he gets open in a hurry and you can just, you can speed that clock up and just get the ball out. And, you know, now Crosby's flying upfield and you've got a little vacated spot. You know, Keenan always finds that soft spot and you're just completing fives and sevens and methodically moving your way down the field, you know, churning clock. So it's the best, that's really the only way to counter it. It's not with protection. It's, it's and like I said, because you're, you got either Sawyer or, or Pipkins, I'm sorry, or, uh, Sorrell, and it's just going to be hard. It's going to be hard. You know, that's. Josh Williams by way of Delaware. Okay. With another sputtered second half performance, do you believe the offensive struggles in the second half to put points on the board, 18 and three games, uh, an execution problem or uh, lack of adjustments? Hmm. Yeah, I, I wish I knew. <laughs> this is one I don't have an answer for. I don't get it, Chris. It's. It doesn't – it just takes one play. You know, that's the thing. Like, it just seems like in the third quarter, it's always one play. I think last week they got that first first down, and then I want to say Sawyer got a holding penalty, if I remember right. I don't I don't quite remember. Let me see if I can go to the play-by-play and remember how – because I remember the start of the, the third quarter, they had that great um, – oh, no, their first possession, they got the field goal. That's right. They stalled in the – they had a goal to go. And um, just bang, bang. Two, you, you had the uh, short run and two incomplete passes. So that's where that one stalled out. But I think it was the, the next one. Yeah, the four-play punt. There you go. First and 10, 23 yards on the first play. 23 yards on the first play. Remember, it was, that, it was that Herbert scramble. And then minus one yard, minus three yards on the next two plays, and you're out. And it just it's seems like it's not just one thing right yeah. it's both it's 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 a, a lack of i think execution and then maybe adjustments yeah. at the same time because you don't have one thing kind of dictate no it just seems like in every one of those possessions there's that one because the very next drive 
was a three and out, and it was a sack. Yeah, that was the one where Allen just basically stepped over Will Clapp's head and was in Herbert's lap immediately. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was a sack, and now you're at second and 14. And that's it. Well, we'll think about that too, man. Yeah. Uh, you know what? For Will Clapp is in that same category. I mean, he, he he's doing his best. 100%. This is all pro center on this team that's not in the football game. And look, Zach Allen is going to be back-to-back. Zach Allen is going to be one of the best interior defensive linemen you face all season. You know, it's not a household name. It's not Aaron Donald or Chris Jones, but Zach Allen is good, and he's having a heck of a year. So you know, JJ Watt, Zach Allen on the interior of that line—that is nasty. And you know, I think you got to cut him some slack. Yeah, you got a rookie at right tackle, um, and you know, let's give Trey Pipkins a lot of credit, man, for he's gutting well. it out. You know, he's played well and he's played hurt. And, you know, it's it's a guy that they've actually been able to rely on. I remember he got hurt in that Cleveland game. He came back. Um, so he's been he's been beat up these last few yeah. weeks and, and still kind of stays in this fight. Um, from our guy, Dan, hey, guys, hope you had a great holiday weekend. Uh, which side of the football do you feel needs to improve more? As much as the defense gets dragged by the fans, in my opinion, they've also done enough for the team to win these last three games. Thoughts? It's it's not just one side. I think it's both. I mean, it, I think the offense. Yeah, I don't think that's an accurate. Offense, I would just. Sorry, go ahead, Chris. No, I just, I think it's obviously the run defense, but the offense has to be more efficient in the second half. So it's like, it goes hand in hand to me. I I, I think both sides need to improve collectively for this team to have a chance to go to the postseason. Yeah, I just disagree with with the position. You know, the the offense had the lead with 106 seconds left against the Chiefs. You know, so that's that that suggests, okay, well, that's not the case. In the last three games, the offense had the lead with a minute 46 left. And that, you know, it's Patrick Mahomes. But, yeah, you got you to gotta hold them. You're up. You're up four. They need a touchdown. You've got to win that game. Um, yep. Yeah, the defense the, the defense held, you know, and, and showed up in, in – Arizona but you know when when the defense knows you need a touchdown you know it's not like it's easy it's not like Herbert's just making easy work of it man that's a that's a labor that's the offense carrying their weight as well so I would just disagree with with that position I think it's you know all three facets have to execute with how much how much attrition this team has had to deal with this year you need it in all three phases and that's why they won that game in Arizona all right speaking of one one phase here how has special teams coordinator Ryan Ficken changed this unit from one of the worst to one of the best in the league? Well, a number. He's of, been awesome. Yeah, I mean, a ton of different personnel. Number one, um, you know, you've got a new punter, and I think J.K. has changed the punt coverage dramatically, dramatically with his hang time, lack of return. Guys don't have to deal with a return on every single punt like they did last year. You know, Ty would boom the heck out of the ball, but it had no hang time. So he'd have these ridiculous gross numbers, you know, at like 49 and a half or 50, you know, yards gross. But then the net was like 38 because they're getting 12 yards per return. And, you know, guys aren't able to set up. Um, so I think with the way that J.K. Scott punts, you know, you've got guys that are able to, to man their assignments. Like, you know, that return by Carter – Special teams wise, you know, you heard the guys talk about it. It's like we practiced that, man, and it was called on the sideline. Return right. We all knew this is this is your assignment. You know, every man has to make his block. If you don't, if one doesn't make the block, it it wrecks the whole thing because you've got to make that wall. And they were able to execute. So I think, you know, Coach Ficken has done a great job of you know preaching what he needs, 
And they now have the guys they drafted. Look, Dean Leonard, Jossier Taylor, they make that play against the Broncos. You know, those are two rookies, two new guys. Won the game. That are out there. Yeah, you know, two new guys that are out there. So I think you're getting, and, and remember, like it's hard to commit financial resources to special teams. You know, I think if you, if you gave Tom Telesco some truth serum and said, hey, should you have kept Derek Watt for 10 million bucks? He'd say, absolutely. You know, and even though his primary role was special teams, it's like you need that guy. And I think when you have to replace him and you get young and you do it through the draft, you're just hoping, you know, and I think that Nick Neiman. Adrian and, Phillips. Yeah, Nick Neiman is, has been able to be that guy in his second year. Xander Horvath has been able to be that guy. Jasir Taylor, Dean Leonard, they've been able to be that guy. Um, and I think that's helped a lot. Uh, J.K. Scott, special teams player of the week, yeah. by the way. Earned it. 100%. Yep. Uh, who's going to be the X factor on offense for the Chargers to take out the Raiders' defense on Sunday? This is from Kevin, the Red Dog 88. I don't know if he'll necessarily take out the Raiders' defense, but just staying with a guy who's been awesome on special teams and on offense is DeAndre Carter, man. Yeah. Seven for 77 and a touchdown. He has stepped up in the absence of both Mike and, and Keenan. And now, you know, Justin Trussum, this was a guy who really only had – wide receiver juice last year and I, I think in Washington he was like you know a wide receiver four wide receiver five he comes into this program with that potential flexibility at wide receiver five and look at him he, he's making huge impacts late in games yeah. or late in the season rather I guess I'll I'll just say Chris I hope it's not him because I'd love for it to be Mike Williams Josh Palmer and Keenan Allen out there you know that's what I yeah well that's what my hope is that, that Mike's ready to come back I, I'm thinking x x factor I know though, what you're buddy. Saying. like God you know the X factor yeah. guy is the guy that's not Keenan, right. right? And that's what I'm saying. I don't know if he would get the reps then, right? If we can get Keenan, yeah. Mike, and Josh out there as your as your three and your thirteen personnel, then that's what I would love to see. Um he's been great. You're right. You know, I think he's been great. And I'd love to see him more on those jet sweeps and just trying to figure out how to get that timing right on those calls because I think he's such a weapon. Um and and they're gonna need it because obviously Mike didn't practice yesterday at the time when we're you know, when we're doing this see whether or not he's able to get out there. But, man, that would be such a huge help considering how he torched him in week one and how he torched him in week 18 last year. Would love to see Mike Williams out there. Um, X-Factor, boy, oh, boy. I'm just thinking defensively. You know, I'm just going to go Drew Tranquil. I know it's, you know, I already talked about him being a pro bowler, so is that really an X-Factor? But I just think if you can get Drew to make some of those big splash plays like Derwin did last week, force fumble, interception, I think Drew's capable of doing that. If we can get a Drew Tranquil interception, a sack, you know, maybe a strip sack, I, I think that that could end up going a long way. I think you're going to need to get turnovers in this one like you did last week, you know, in order to get the win. From Gerald, should the Chargers start out with the pass to start the game and then work the run in and get the offense to run more smoothly? I think just score points. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> – I don't know. I appreciate it, <laughs> but points. I think that's – you know, I, but I, I kind of know what he's getting at. Like, do we run the – I do, do too. Do we run the ball too much on first down? Maybe. You know, maybe. Yeah. be nice to see him, you know, uncork one on first down. I think the trick in – Say this. I'd like to see Josh Kelly get going money yeah. a little bit on Sunday. Yeah, I think the, the thing to remember, though, is, you know, you got Max Crosby and an O-line that is that is down three of your five starters. And, and you know, four – you know, if you consider Zion, he's a rookie. So, and Matt Filer's had a bit of a rough go this year. So that's the offensive line you're talking about right now. So it's easier to say, hey, let's just pass it around, you know, and abandon the run since it doesn't really work. That's a waste of a down. Well, no, it's not because you're, you're dealing with, again, a really good pass rusher that can wreck a game. 
Bionic superhero, why can't we play two running backs, Eklund Kelly or Spiller or Max tight end on every play to help protect Herbert, give him more time to throw down the field. Given enough time, Herbert can make any throw to any receiver. Agree. Completely agree. I, I, I would love, you know, I, I would love to see, oh, and by the way, I said 13 instead of 11 on the three receivers because now I'm like, I would love to see more 13. Yes, I'd love to see more three tight ends and Max protect and let someone go out and make a play. You know, 100%. I would love to see more of that. Um, Bionic superhero. There you go, yeah. Three receivers, 11. Three tight ends, 13. My bad. This is an interesting question. Richard Miller, is there anyone uh, unconventional on the roster, regardless of current position, that Staley can coach up with the power and length to set the edge versus the run on defense, like what New England did with Troy Brown at corner years ago, but at edge? I don't know. Maybe late in the year to be uh, experimenting with that type of situation. I right? think that was the thought with Van Noy, you know, because look, he's been an inside linebacker most of his career, most his entire career. Remember they tried that with Kenneth at the end yeah. of last year, and it didn't really it work didn't out. Work. It, yeah, so yeah. he's trying. It's just not happening. Let's see. Uh, we got through a lot of these, man. Good. Um, this is from uh, Mar. Would you say that at this point, the offense and defense is what it is? Um, getting some players back may help, but, you know, she's not sure if this team can really do what they need to do in the playoffs uh, as currently constructed. Uh, no, I, I would disagree with that. I don't think it is what it is because you, you've got too many players out. You know, I, I think it's, you know, I know you said, I think the question had it in there, but, yeah, this offense is going to look completely different. We saw it in the game against the Chiefs. You know, when Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Josh Palmer are your three receivers, this offense is going to look different. Uh, they're going to be more afraid of the pass and they're going to commit more resources and now you can run the ball. So to me, no, the offense is not what it is. If, especially if you can get Donald Parham healthy, we know what kind of weapon he can be in the red zone. Um, like, yeah, this, this, this offense will look completely different if it's healthy. If Corey Lindsley's healthy, if Trey Pipkin's healthy, if in fact they start the playoffs and all of a sudden Rashawn Slater's out there, yeah, this offense is not what it is. Uh, same defensively. Yeah. They, they run, they, for the most part, teams are running away from Khalil Mack. So they are running to where Joey Bosa would normally be set up. You put Bosa out there, and now you have Bosa and Khalil coming from the edge, and you think about what it looked like in that first half against the Chiefs in the game against the Raiders. Um, you know, it's just a different deal. So, yeah, the, the, they're not what they are because we believe that, that those players are going to be back. So that's why I would just say it's – not the case. It, it could look dramatically different if Bosa's out there on defense and if Mike Keenan and Josh Palmer are all playing wide receiver on offense. From Max, Money, who do you expect to line up uh, across from Devontae Adams? Uh, Asante or Mikey Davis? I think both. I think they're going to move him around. I think you'll see some Bryce if they put him up in the slot. I think they'll just probably maintain their positions. I don't think you're going to see – I don't think it makes sense to have Asante travel. I think you'll see, like we did in week one – it's a tight game. You'll see Derwin on him. You know, we saw Derwin on him in that, that week one game in a couple pivotal uh, on a couple pivotal snaps. So that would not surprise me at all, especially with no Darren Waller out there. Uh, if the Chargers end up making the playoffs, which seed do you think they will wind up with? This is from Zach. Well, I, I think, you know. Five, six, or seven. I, I, think, I think seven <laughs> is probably it, right? I mean, you look at. At the way it's well, look at Miami. So, so if Miami loses to San Francisco and the Chargers beat the Raiders, that's a wild card tiebreaker right. on Sunday night. Yeah, I guess that's so true. Maybe that that gets you to five or six. If you avoid seven, 
you probably avoid Buffalo or Kansas City. And right. that means you're going to Baltimore or Tennessee or Cincinnati. So I, I think I'd I'd like to be in that five or six uh, seed. So I know that I'm, I'm going to Baltimore, Cincinnati, or Tennessee as opposed to Buffalo or Kansas City. Yeah, I think the reason why, like for me, I'm not, I don't fear any of the teams. I know you don't either, Chris, but like last year I would have said, I don't want to go to Kansas City or Buffalo in week one, you know, in, in, in the yeah. wild card round or something. I, I felt like they had a advantage over other teams. I don't feel, you know, Buffalo's really struggled this year, especially lately. Um, Kansas City, we've seen the Chargers hang with them. You know, if Justin Herbert doesn't get hurt in that week one and they get some calls to go there week two, I should say, I think they win that game. Uh, they had the lead with a minute 46 to go this last time, so I feel good about them trading punches with the Chiefs. I think your point about the Dolphins is great. Um, you know, beat the Raiders, win that game against Miami, because here's why. Because there's going to be what I just pointed out. You know, wild card teams are going to win. So if you can work your way up to that six or maybe even the five, you know, because look, the Bills got to play the Dolphins again. They got to play the Patriots again. They've got to play, you know, they do not have, let me click on their schedule. They have a, they got the Jets again. They got the Bengals, the Patriots, the Dolphins, yeah, Patriots twice, Dolphins, Jets, Bengals. Like they do it's not tough. have an easy stretch. So like if you could somehow work your way up to the five, you might be hosting a playoff game, you know, because then you get into the playoffs and it's like, oh, okay, it's a, uh, Bills versus Dolphins in the first round. The Bills knock them off, and they're the wild card team. Or the Dolphins knock them off, they're the wild card team. Now you get a home game, so that's where yeah. trying to work your way up, you know, might benefit. But I think that the thing about, you know, the thing about this year is I just don't, I don't necessarily have a, a fear or an aversion to the road. I just, you know, I don't, I don't think it really matters. I, I don't think there's Chargers have played great on the road. Yeah, this year. they played much the exactly. They're much better on the road than they are at home. So like, it doesn't really bother me all that much. Just get in. And they've won close games on the road. Yeah. you know, I think that's that's really important. Get, I think it, the fact that it's been kind of ugly in your six and five, you lose the fact that you've gone on the road and you've won four games. The two you lost were to San Francisco, which you held a lead in in the fourth quarter, and Kansas City, which you were dominating yeah. that first half. So I think every time they've gone on the road, um, you know, Derwin said it to me uh, on Saturday. He said there's something about getting on the bus, getting on the plane with your guys, yeah. and, and getting after our opponent in their place. Yeah. So I, I'm with you on that. I, I think the only reason I'd want to avoid Buffalo is if there's any sort of blizzard right. and it's wild in, in uh, I mean, look, whatever it's everybody's, called now. Look, it's, it's why they had to win that game against Arizona. It's set up for them to win a handful of these games. You know, Miami has got to play the, they've got to go to Buffalo in December. They've got to, you know, they've got to play at our place. They've got to play at San Francisco. They've got to play at New England in December. You know, like they, they've got a rough go. We mentioned what the Bills schedule is. You look at the, you know, the Bengals who just went on the road and won in Tennessee, but they've got the Chiefs this week. They've got the Browns with Deshaun Watson. I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns won out. You know, they're starting to kind of hit their stride a little bit here. And I just believe Deshaun Watson is that good of a quarterback. Uh, they got to go to Tampa. They've got to go to New England. They've got the Bills at home. They've got the Ravens at home. Like, you look at the way these other schedules are laid out for the teams in front of them. The Patriots, who are in the eight, you know, because they have a tiebreaker right now. Bills, uh, and then they get at Cardinals, at Raiders, but then they get Bengals, Dolphins, Bills to close. Like, you look at strength of schedule, the Chargers is so much easier then it just based on what teams have done up to this point, I know there are no easy games. I'm just saying they played a, th yeah. a four-win team in the Cardinals last week. They're playing a four-win team in the Raiders this week. 
Then they get the Dolphins and Titans at home. Then they're playing a four-win team in the Colts, a three-win team in the Rams, and a three-win team in the Broncos. They, they go win these games. And, and it, it, is, it is set up for them to, to take advantage of the schedule. I know they've got their own issues injury-wise and stuff, but it is set up for them to be able to make a run. All right, last question. Last from Tom, Tom Telesco's burner account. Love it. I don't know if this is really Tom, but not really a question, but would like to see more Gerald Everett screens and to start using him on end-around sweeps. He has some serious yak ability that we need to utilize. Love the show, Chris and Money. Touchdown, Chargers. Well, you know, look. we Just a, just a statement, Money. Yeah. He likes Gerald Everett. We, we saw it when the game was on the line. They trusted him. You know, that's where it comes from. I do think there was some issues early between he and Herbert just not necessarily being on the right page. Like, you know, that, you know, that pick six in – in uh, Kansas City was a very similar play. Like, that's what he was supposed to do. He was supposed to set up, uh, shoot, was it Jalen Watson? He was supposed to set him up with those steps out and then cut in, and he just didn't put his mm-hmm. foot in the ground and cut in, and that's how he ended up with that pick six that lost the game. So I think when you have that happen early, and I think there were some critical drops early, I think maybe there were some, you know, look, it's, in, it, it's just natural for that to happen. I do think that's disappeared, though. I think Justin does trust him. Um, Think about that drop at the start of the second half against the 49ers, like they're, or they're the Chiefs. Um, so I think there's still a little bit there, but I was so, like I said, I think it was so great for him to be the guy that caught that pass to win the game and the two-point conversion because you need him. Yeah. He's, he's a really good player, and you need him. All right, Money, uh, final thoughts. I guess we kind of answered everything as it relates to this Raiders game. I, like I said, to DJ on Wednesday, nothing weird will happen, right? Nothing weird ever happens between the Raiders and Chargers. Yeah, nothing so. at all. <laughs> nothing at all. It's not going to be easy. Just like, you know, I, I know I said I wanted to blow out against the Cardinals, and I think you know why. You look at the offensive line. You looked at the way they behaved after the game. Now you got Patrick Peterson and Kyler Murray yelling at each other on social media. Like, the team is just a mess, and I just yeah. wanted them to take advantage of that. You know, the Raiders look like they've settled down. You know, if they lose these two games, both in overtime, uh, and they're sitting – you know, with, with three wins or two wins or whatever. Yeah, they have, I think they – what do they got now? Four or five? Uh, I think they I got think five four wins. and seven right or now. Four and seven. There you go. If they got two wins instead of four, then, yeah, I'm like, hey, this is a complete mess. Go blow the doors off them. But I think they have belief now. We can win out. It's not going to be easy. They got to play the Chiefs and 49ers, but they get them both at home. And it's like, if we went out, we're in the we're in the tournament. So just go win out. I think they do have a little bit of belief right now. So you're going to have to take their punches, and it's going to look exactly like it's looked in each of the last three weeks. You know, it's going to be tight or four weeks against the Falcons. You know, they're two and two the last four weeks. It's come down to the last possession. They've lost two. They've won two. Uh, let's see if we can string another one in a row here and get that second win and, and improve to seven and five and feel good about these next two games at home and see if you can really get on a roll. Yep. Another primetime game <laughs> after Sunday. How about that, man? Was it? It's going to be six? Because I'm sure they'll, they'll flex get flexed out of, flexed the out of the, Yeah, they'll be flexed out New Year's yeah. Day, I'm sure. But, um, all right, dude, let's do it. I'll see you this weekend for Vegas. Yep. And uh, guys, always appreciate the questions, man. We had, a, we had a ton of them. I think we got to most of them. Um, always appreciate you guys listening. Um, hey, final thing, buddy, how about that crowd in Arizona? That was awesome. Yeah, most, a lot of powder uh, blue there. Most Charger road fans I've seen since Week 18 last year. You know, there were a ton at Allegiant for that Week 18 game against the Raiders. Um, but I think this is the most I've seen since then. Thousands. Like, it was the Chargers sideline was full of powder blue uh and hey tip of the cap if you didn't see it i I didn't i don't see if they put it on social or not but how about herbert 
you know, doing the whole lap, just high-fiving everybody on his way out. Like the entire field went 100 yards on the sideline and then all the way through the end zone into the tunnel. Uh, very classy, very cool of him to, to recognize that those people made their way out to a visiting um, stadium. And I uh, really liked seeing that from our vantage point where we were sitting in the booth. Well said. We'll end it there. Uh, for money, I'm Chris. This has been Chargers Weekly. Thank <laughs> you.